this room than anywhere else. Do your radio right now. Do you know how to pop that coochie for a good one? There you go. It's the world's most dangerous one to show. Got the cameras on my the Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Yes, it's Wednesday, middle of the work week. Good morning. Yes, it is. Hey, good morning. you guys had a great day yesterday. I was in the airport for a while yesterday. I guess a lot of bad weather. I was in the airport for about four hours yesterday trying to get back. Oh, sounds familiar. Storms passing through uh, Florida, but it was good. I still, I, I just went to sleep. That's all I did. So was I was uh, doing this financially clean panel at the Brooklyn Borough Hall with Sean Linda. Mm-hmm. So he does this eight-week course, which people can take online also. And it was him and the Brooklyn Borough President, Eric Adams. So I was there yesterday, people talking about their financial journeys. It was nice. It was a packed building. Okay, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Now, tomorrow, uh, today, we have a congresswoman joining us this morning, right? Oh, not just any congresswoman. We got one four for the squad, Ayanna Presley, damn it. Mm-hmm. All right? She'll be here this morning. Yes, very excited for that. Mm-hmm. I was watching a great uh, documentary last night, too, on Netflix. I was watching um, King in the Wilderness. It's a documentary on Martin Luther King Jr. that documents the last 18 months of his life. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, man. So amazing because it's got a lot of never before seen footage and footage from his funeral, and it just shows the resistance that Martin Luther King Jr. received the last 18 months. But not just from white people and, and the powers that be that you know didn't like what he was doing, but from his own people, mm-hmm. black people. Oh my god, it was so good, man! Everybody should watch that. Okay, Kings of the Wilderness. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news what we talking about, Yee? Well, let's talk about something that happened overnight. In New York, and this is going to be a first, but um, it's allowed for hundreds of child sex abuse claims to be opened up. Okay. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, just overnight at 12.01 a.m., people were allowed to start filing these suits. Now, these are New Yorkers. This is just in New York. These are for New Yorkers who were molested or sexually abused as children. So a lot of them have been waiting for years or even decades for their day in court. So the way the law works here is you have to file a suit no later than age 23 for when you are a child. If it's after that, then it's a statute of limitations and you're not allowed to file a suit anymore. What are they suing? Uh... Anybody? So a lot of the people they are suing are Catholic priests. These are people who abused them when they were kids. And they said also the Boy Scouts of America were named in five suits already. So since this this went into law at midnight, 200 legal claims have been filed already across the states. And there's abuses of many different descriptions. Some of these suits are filed by accusers who have never come forward before. Some of them will target alleged abusers that have never previously been publicly, publicly named. 
Other cases are people who went to court in the past but saw their cases dismissed because of the statute of limitations. Like I said, you have to be uh, under 23 to be able to file. But from what they've been seeing and statements from some of these firms, they said it looks like there's going to be about two to 3,000 lawsuits filed in the coming year. So they can Jesus. sue the actual church now? Yes. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of those places of business are going to have to fold because there's no way they can uphold and stand all those lawsuits and pay for attorneys and all that. Some well, of them those, are teachers, some of them those, are priests. Aren't those like some of those uh, state-funded organizations? Uh, the Boy Scouts. Yeah. Uh, Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right, now, Illinois has just become the first state to require insurance companies to cover EpiPen injectors. I didn't know insurance didn't cover that. So, you know, when you have an allergy or another serious allergic reaction to something, you have to have an EpiPen just in case. Yeah, some insurance is is covered, but most doesn't. Well, now they're requiring that insurance companies cover it, and Illinois is the only state that's done that so far. So Mm. that's true, because if you can't afford it and your child has a serious allergy, should they just... Not be able to have an EpiPen? That doesn't make sense. All right. In Newark, they've been having a lot of issues with their lead contamination in the water. So they also gave out a small number of filters. Uh, Well, some of the filters that they gave out, they are supposed to remove lead. And they found out that these filters were not functioning as effectively as expected. So that water is still contaminated. So in response to that, they started giving out drinking water. And um, I guess the bottled water is being distributed to certain residents at four different locations in Newark. So right now, according to the mayor, Raz Baraka, and the governor, Phil Murphy, they put out a joint statement. They said the city is expanding testing of filtered drinking water, and they are working with the filters manufacturer to determine the scope of the situation. Access to safe drinking water is critically important, and they said we take health risks associated with lead and drinking water very seriously. But you can imagine people are very upset. Yeah, they had this problem for a while. I, and it's it's crazy that they haven't fixed it as yet. Because it's been over a year that they had, or well, two years actually, that they had the problem with the lead. And I figured they would have fixed it by now. Well, yeah, they gave out the filters. But then Remember it turns the out some of the filters aren't working as effectively. Mm-hmm. And some of that water is still contaminated. Oh, Flint, Michigan is like ketchup, guys. All right. And how long they've been had, had contaminated water. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, advertisers are dropping Tucker Carlson's show. And Fox News after he said that whole issue about uh, white supremacy being a hoax. Check it out. But the whole thing is a lie. If you were to assemble a list, a hierarchy of concerns or problems this country faces, where would white supremacy be on the list? Right up there with Russia, probably. It's actually not a real problem in America. White supremacy, that's the problem. This is a hoax, just like the Russia hoax. It's a conspiracy theory used to divide the country and keep a hold on power. What made them draw the line at that? I don't know, but <laughs> I guess the people got very outraged about that. Obviously, for him, it's not a problem because he's white, so mm-hmm. why would it be a problem for him? By the way, same people telling you that Russia interference is a hoax are the same people that are telling you white supremacy is a hoax. So what should that tell you about Russian interference? So right now, Long, on, people. Pay Long John Silvers, Hello Fresh, uh, SoFi, a lot of people have dropped them from advertising and are no longer running ads on his show. And the sleep app calm, they tweeted the brand is no longer advertising on the show as well. All right, that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, get it off your chest. 800 585 1051 If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad night, a horrible morning, or maybe you feel blessed and you want to spread some positivity. 800 585 1051 It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, what up, Envy, Charlotte? What What's up, happening, me? my brother? What's, What's up, up, bro? What's going on? 
slow mo, man. I just want to say I'm blessed, man. I started my new job today, man. Well, congratulations. Uh, started, working, started working for the city of Detroit, you know. All right, well, that's what it is. You know how we do. Yeah, exactly. Hey, um, <laughs> I heard um, Charlemagne talking about catching up with, um, like, with the Michigan thing. I live in Highland Park. Um, it's got lead in our water, too, so... Damn, I'm hearing about I'm hearing about bad water in a lot of places. Uh, I heard what is it, Denmark, South Carolina? I heard the water's real bad. Yeah, you know it's messed up, man. So we just like Flint, man. Unfortunately, man, you know where the hell is Hyde Park at? Highland Park. Where's Highland, that at? Highland Park is like in the center. It's in a, it's a um in the middle of Detroit. Oh, got you, got you, city. got you. It's a, it's a small city like stop dead in the middle of Detroit. What are they it's doing about city. it? Um, they're giving us filters, you know, and but. Like them filters don't be really working, so damn. Yeah, right. do something. I right, guess it's been like that for the last six years now. So, all right. Well, good luck, brother. All right, man. Hey, y'all take it easy. Have a blessed day. Yes, sir. You know what I saw too? The bottle water they gave out in Newark was expired. I Man. didn't know that bottle water expires. I didn't know water could expire either. Yeah. By the way, if water's expiring, it's probably not water. Yeah, no, no. Water can expire. It's the plastic bottles. You could you could taste it oh. if you ever taste the water, or if you leave it in your car. I never car, knew that. It. Yeah, no, I definitely can. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Ali from Atlanta. Ali from Atlanta. Get it off your chest, Ali. Hey, I want to tell Charlemagne and you yourself, DJ Envy, y'all need to give y'allself Donkey of the Week. Why? For trying to, because what y'all did yesterday talking about who loved Nicki Minaj the most. <laughs> that that was really a waste of time. Why you want to join in? So you, you say what? Why, can't, why, you don't, why you don't want us to love Nicki, bro? Who's the biggest I mean, you, can love, you can love Nicki, that's fine, but a whole... Sentiment on who loves Nicki Minaj the most—that's dunk of the week for you. I don't, I don't, I don't, on, I don't believe that you feel that way because you call, you waited the very next day to call in to talk about it. Well, I couldn't call yesterday because I couldn't get through yesterday. That's why I'm calling today. So, so to you get it off my chest. Still on his mind. So you weren't entertained at all. No, not about who loved Nicki Minaj the, mo- uh, the most. News, not well, at all. Well, well today we're gonna try. We'll try better. We'll try harder today to entertain you. But let me ask you a question: Who you think love her more? <laughs> All right, DJ Envy, you on, man. I'm going to give my vote to you, man. Ain't no way, ain't no way, there's no there way go. in hell right. Envy loves Nicki Minaj more than that, I do. Let that man have his opinion. He that's see, what that's all. He was mad he couldn't get through and give yeah. his opinion. He definitely had an opinion. Hello, who's this? Uh, Marcus. Hey, Marcus, get it off your chest, brother. Yeah, man, so I just got out of this bad relationship, man. Pretty oh. much helped this girl through her problems for a year. She had bad drinking problems, but... Um, she left me about a month ago for a bisexual male because I ain't know how to eat ass. <laughs> Damn it, man. First of all, you don't have to be a bisexual male to know how to eat ass, sir. All right? I heard you, I've been eating. I've been eating ass for a long time, my brother. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm about 20 years in on this ass eating So thing, how okay? do you know that? She told you that's the but reason? Charlamagne is up there, man. You don't eat ass, Envy? Y'all are so yeah, fake on this show. That's why Nikki don't like y'all. How do, uh, can we talk to this? So how do you know that that's why she left you? She told you that? Well, pretty much the dude put her out and then she came back to me and we had a whole conversation and I was like, okay, so what you like about this dude? She was like, I'm a square and I ain't know how to eat. We need okay. to start eating Damn. some ass, bro, bro. At least she was honest. Learn how to suck farts out of your woman's <laughs> my G. Are you willing to learn how to do that? I mean... It's not that hard, bro. Like, it's really I not Don't try to hard. jump into the conversation now. You just tried to shame me for it. Now you want to jump into the conversation. Sit your it? dumb ass down. I'm not saying for this you. This guy crazy. I said it on the say I eat my wife's ass. I, I did. did. So act like, act like an ass eater, then. I'm not. How does an ass eater act? You wasn't acting like one when he first called? Well, how does an ass eater act? Hey, my brother. Like that? Bro. <laughs> act like a man. Eat ass for once. <laughs> hey, man. I'm a man up there, I guess. <laughs> not too That's many right. things going on down there. It's not that, that difficult. 
like just put your mouth to the bowl and go in. And by the way, if you don't like it, all you got to do is when you go back there, be like, Oh man, damn! You ain't wiped good enough, and <laughs> she'll Stop be so it. embarrassed, you, 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 and she won't ask you to you're do disgusting. it anymore. Thank you, bro. Get it off your chest. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up! Wake up! Wake your ass! This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's good, Envy? What's up, bro? Get it off your chest, man. Yo, I actually met you in Miami for the with Caesar when the lights went out. You remember that joint? That just sounded crazy. <laughs> this guy is kinky, nah, boy. Nah, you gotta watch that DJ. Crazy, Andrew. man. We had a real estate <laughs> seminar <laughs> in Miami and the power went out. No, seriously, y'all, seriously. So what if he just said, you know, when the lights went out when you were teaching me trying to flip stuff? Nah, I'm trying to flip, but not that. Oh my goodness. Go ahead, brother. Real talk. Envy, like the last few weeks been crazy. So I had two jobs. I worked from home, and I left one of them thinking, like, let me really invest in real estate. Then come to find out, my government job it canceled my joint. So now I'm like, is this a sign? Do I really go forward with this? Like I seen you mentoring. So I'm trying to see what's good. Yeah, I got I got about three kids right now that <clears throat> that I'm actually trying to help to get into some cribs. Um, you being in Miami makes it very difficult because uh, I'm in New nah, York, New Jersey. I can area. fly anywhere. I can fly anywhere. Mm. Like I'm ready. All right. Well, I, what's your, what's your credit? What's up? What's your credit? My credit right now is seven sitting on like forty five. All right. You got some. You got some money saved up. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, well, you can get started. Email me, oh. Caesar and DJMV at Gmail. I can't mentor you, but I, I can guide you down the, the, the right path. All right. You got it? Got the email? Caesar. And DJMV at Gmail. All right? All right. Good luck, bro. All right, thanks. Hello, who's this? This is Ty from Harlem. Hey, Ty Harlem. from Harlem. Get it off your chest. Yeah, basically, I just want to kind of give myself the, the donkey of the day for being too trusting. Long story short, mm. you know, New York girl, city girl, I'm supposed to know it all. City girl. I dated an older guy. Yeah, city girl. And uh, was dating an older guy. He's 45 to my early 30s. I have two children. So my kids went away to school for vacation. I mean, went away for vacation to New York and May, the end of May. And he went through a situation. The only way I could help him out at the time was, you know, I didn't have the cash, but I allowed him to basically pawn a 50-inch TV in my son's Xbox One with the intentions of him getting it out, getting it out the next week. You let him pawn your son's Xbox? Yeah. And you ain't get it back? So, the next week, he was supposed to get it out, though. When he got paid, it went from, you know, a check was short. So from one story to another, mm. I asked him for the paperwork to get it out myself. And it turned into arguments. It turned ugly. So I stopped dealing with him. Um, I went to New York, you know, got my kids, came back down. So he's trying to get back in where he's sitting. And I'm like, well, what about my kids' things? You right. know what I mean? Like, you never replaced it. And he's cold. like, oh, I have $145. That's not um, an LG Smart TV and an Xbox One. You know, I, I gave it to you Sheesh. to help you pay your rent and come to find out you was, you know, doing things I didn't know about and speaking and speaking. That's why I left you alone. And you're 45 years old. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I took myself in the behind, you know, lesson yes. learned. 
but it's still messed up because I feel like now this dude is like playing reverse and it's like Oh, well, you know, your mouth and you're rude and disrespectful, but it's you're like, like I still ain't got my kids Xbox. Thank you. And this is why I'm rude and disrespectful. You know, I found out, you know, I guess Molly is the new thing. You know, Lando is the new crack to me. Molly's the new thing? Nah, Molly been around, boo. It's crazy that Dick got you pawning your kids Xbox, though. City Boys up 1,000. It's very crazy that it's very crazy that the D got you pawning your kids Xbox. Basically, I was hypnotized, and um, yeah, I thought I was helping him out, and it, 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 you know, it didn't work out that way. So What's crazy is myself in a behind. He didn't have any of his own things to pawn. Nope. No, he was renting a room. I took it as getting back on his feet. You know, he Jeez. went through a breakup, and how do you, you explain know, that to your child? Yeah, why are you dating a crackhead anyway? He's not a crackhead. He's a Molly. How do you explain that to your child, though? After the fact. You said what? I didn't know he what it was until after the fact. I'm not from here. I don't know anyone. How do you, so, oh, how do you, you, how do you know, explain that to your child, though? Honestly, I didn't explain. I said the TV broke and it's in the shop. So you lied. And what about my Xbox, though, Ma? <laughs> Yeah, it, it broke. Everything, I spilled water. It got in the TV, the Xbox, and it'll be back this Friday. He's probably so sad. How old is he? My son, oh, he's 14, his first year of high school. Oh, my goodness. Hey, well, at worry. least you're right. You gave yourself donkey of the day. And my she... daughter is six, so I have one hollering about YouTube TV and the other hollering about his Xbox, and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to get it out the shop. I'm well, well, don't worry. Your son, in a few years, he'll be doing the same thing to some poor woman, using his D to get no, what he wants. No, will not. I'm determined. That's why I'm putting it on blast. I want right. you to stop falling for these dudes. You have to really be careful who you deal with and pay attention. Girl, Lesson learned. Never, never <laughs> pawn your child's <laughs> never pawn your child's items and for long, a man. How long you been never, with him? Ever, <laughs> how long were you with him? We were dating for like only like four months. Four months too long. Um, uh, hey, pawn it for penis. Have a nice day, okay? Damn it, man. <laughs> right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Naive, we got rumors on the way? Yes, let's talk about somebody who's upset about fake friends and says they had to cut off about 20 people last year because they were stealing, sleeping with boyfriends behind her back, being abusive, alcoholics, all of that. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Yo, yo, yo. Rumor report, rumor report. This is the rumor report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Trina was thrust into the middle of some controversy, and that's because her A&R, Reginald Saunders, had some things to say about Nicki Minaj that weren't so great. Just basically that Nicki didn't help promote the single BAPS that she had with Trina. Well, I don't know if Trina is aware that this was going to happen, if there was really a problem with her, but here's what she had to say on her own live. First of all, everybody that knows me knows anything that I got to say, I will say it and address it. I don't need anybody to speak for me. Second of all, everything that I have to say, I will address it tomorrow. So catch me live and I will say it one time and one time only. And Trina don't really be beefing with people like that. Not at all. She's pretty cool with everybody, so... She's about to start beefing with Nikki, though. Yeah, I don't think so. 
But who knows? You know, according to her uh, A&R, he said, this isn't the first time Nicki Minaj has pulled this stunt, and trust me, it's cool. I can't get over how fake people can be for a little fame, likes, and followers. When every try- everyone tried to warn me, I still gave her the benefit of the doubt. And her cousin, who you know from Love & Hip Hop Miami, Bobby Lights, also went on Instagram Live and said that Trina is a nice person who will continue to be friends with Nicki despite being upset. So everybody else is talking. Trina hasn't said anything yet, so she's going to talk about it today. Well, people will really be taking them social media posts serious, boy. You better post your friend stuff if y'all doing something together. Well, wasn't that the reason why uh, Meek and, and Meek Drake and beef at one time? Well, I don't think it, was, Meek and Wale Wale or something like it wasn't just a post. I guess there was no video for it and other issues, too. So who knows? But maybe Trina's hasn't got a problem at all. All right. Amber Rose, in the meantime, speaking about people being fake, is calling out fake friends. And she also has canceled the slut walk. She said, let me tell you this. <laughs> okay. If you meet a loner, no matter what they tell you, it's not because they enjoy solitude. It's because they have tried to blend into the world before and people continue to disappoint them. She goes on to say, so me, I stopped being friends with about 20 people last year. I've had friends steal jewelry and money from me, sleep with my boyfriend behind my back, male friends lying and telling people we were sleeping together, alcoholic, drug addict friends, abusive friends, toxic personality friends. And I even had a friend call social services on me twice for no effing reason, only to sue me for calling calling her and cursing her out when I found out it was her. Wow. She goes on to talk about it, and she said, the funny thing is, I never snitched publicly on anyone. Ain't that some ish? People may not know this, but I'm extremely unproblematic. I don't start fights. I don't do drugs. And, you know, she does have a baby on the way and an amazing man. She said uh, she's not having her slut walk this year. Sorry, I just have to protect my energy and peace. I will say uh, that's somewhat true, but I like being a loner because I like being alone. I do not need people. I will go sit in my backyard or sit on my porch or my deck all day by myself or with a good book and not give a damn about nobody. It's not because uh, I got scorned by the world. It's just like I like being alone. Yeah, I love being alone. I, I think when you're around people all the time, every day, you like you enjoy the time that you have by yourself. And you, when you, but I don't like to always be alone. And when you talk all day for a goddamn living, you don't you like to sit around That's and true. not say nothing. I love being well. I wouldn't say alone, alone, but I love being with my kids, my kids and my wife. I'm good well, that's with not that alone. all day long. Well, that's <laughs> I, not no outside world, no friends. It's just me and my wife, and my kids. I, I, I love, love being it. with them too, but no, I like being alone. Sometimes, nah. sometimes. Yeah, I talking about alone. Nah, nah. <laughs> I prefer to be with them. I like to have my alone time because I feel like there's people around me all day, that's right. every da- day. Daddy going in the backyard to read a book. I'll be back. All right, Mary J. Blige. They are saying owes more than one million dollars in back taxes, according to Bossip. And they filed a lien against her. So I'm sure she's going to take care of it, but she's on the road with Nas. They're doing their royalty tour, which wraps up in September. I'm so sick of the IRS bothering Mary J. Blige. <laughs> yeah, if one I mean, person she... should not have to pay taxes in this world, it's Mary J. Blige, goddammit. Yeah, you got to get your accounting right always, though. Has anybody, they don't play. Has anybody at the IRS ever heard my life? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the 411? Have you never gotten joy from seeing Mary J. Blige dance on stage? Leave that lady alone. Only the IRS about her damn taxes. Yeah. They don't care about it. They're nothing. like, oh, okay. Only what is their that money. album still making money? Yeah, that's go. what they care about. Well, her, you, you on tour? Well, how, about, how about this? I'm just playing with y'all IRS. I, um, and speaking <laughs> of music, Snoop Dogg has <laughs> unveiled his new track list for I Wanna Thank Me. So you can pre-order that. It comes out on Friday. So... If you want to get that new Snoop Dogg album, I want to thank me. <laughs> um, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, that's the new we album. We don't celebrate ourselves enough, man. Self-care is important. Thank yourself sometime, goddammit. Mm-hmm. And Drake has broken another record. He is the first solo artist with 200 Billboard placements. So congratulations 
to him. He has his ninth number one Billboard 200 album this week. We told you about that care package with all those previously unreleased songs. So now he is the first solo artist ever with 200 Billboard placements. Congratulations. Okay. Very strange to watch a rapper have this kind of run. This is really like watching Tom Brady in the NFL. For Drake running? Yeah. Yeah, yeah six it, out of the 17 songs on Care Package are the, is why he's now the one with that record. It's just very strange to see an artist have this level of success and, and hotness for 10 years straight. Yeah. Like, that's yep. that's very rare. You can think about everybody who's done it in pockets. You can think about the Ja Rules and the Nellies and the DMXs and the 50 Cents, but this guy has really maintained that for 10 years straight. That's right. And they said he's back in the studio now, so I'm, I'm sure he's working on another one. And you know who's the only other, and he's a solo artist, so I said he's the only solo artist with over 200 Billboard placements, but do you know who has more than him? Who? The Glee cast. They have 207 placements. He has 203. I don't know nothing about them white people. Yeah, but that's crazy. I would never have even thought that. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Machine. Now we got front page news coming up. Yes, we are going to be talking about uh, Jeffrey Epstein and what happened with the two guards that were assigned to watch him. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where we start with Yee? Uh, let's start with the two guards who were assigned to watch Jeff- Jeffrey Epstein have been placed on leave. So, as you all know by now, he has allegedly killed himself in jail. And the guards that were supposed to watch him, there were all kinds of issues. For instance, they were supposed to check on him every 30 minutes, and they did not do that. They mm-hmm. weren't done for several hours. So now those guards have been placed on administrative leave, and I'm sure they're still investigating what exactly happened. Yeah, the guards got the guards got a paid vacation for getting the job done. And the warden actually has also been temporarily resigned, uh, uh, reassigned as well. Hey, man. All right, Walmart has removed about a thousand items, third-party items, from their website, and those items are anything that has to do with actual guns and violence. But they still sell guns. Yes, they do. Man, stop. I hate America, but what is wrong with us? Why do we care about symbols? Everybody cares about symbols of change instead of actual real change. And I bet you it's people applauding that stupid move, aren't they? I don't understand it because they definitely <laughs> still sell guns. Oh my God, I never understood man. why Walmart anything, would sell guns, though. Any type of merchandise that glorifies violence. Oh, but they still sell guns. <laughs> Yo, we are so in love with symbols of change. All you got to do is give somebody a symbol of actual change instead of actual change. No, a symbol of change instead of actual change, and they'll be happy. Let me ask you a question because Walmart, of course, down here doesn't, doesn't sell guns. But in the South, they sell handguns as well, or is it just rifles, just hunting? I don't know. I've never bought a gun from Walmart. I just remember seeing, like, rifles. In there. I've, yeah, never, and I've never paid attention. By the way, they had been getting a lot of pressure to take the guns out of their physical yeah, they just stores, selling guns. but they are still selling guns and also pro-gun t-shirts as well on their sites. So. Mm. Uh, and last week, they pulled displays of violent video games from their stores. Why should Walmart stop But they still guns? sell the games, everybody, but they just pull the displays. But why Walmart? Why should Walmart in particular stop The only reason I say guns? this is because you got so many young kids that go through Walmart that see the guns, and, and they can almost glorify and have it. But if I don't want my kids to see a gun, if I want to purchase a gun, I purchase my gun from a gun store where I have to physically go with, you know, so, and, and, so, and some kids are not even allowed in gun stores. So Walmart should do what they're doing. They should stop selling, selling toy guns. They should stop selling movies that have guns in them. Like, what do you mean? I mean this is America. You're going to see guns everywhere. Yeah, but... Uh, this, cow, this is the, this is the Cowboys see, and Indians nation. Yeah, but you can't see the gun that's in the movie. You just see the cover of the movie. You don't Elmer know what's Fudd in that movie. Elmer Fudd had a big-ass rifle in a cartoon. I'm sure they don't have that no more. 
Elmo Fudd? I'm, I'm sure they don't have Man, Elmo Fudd holding a gun no more. I'm, 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 I'm serious. You I don't think, think they, they edited have. it out? Elmo Fudd chasing the wascally wabbit? Yeah, Bugs Bunny? On the cover of a thing? I don't think they would have that anymore. Man, these kids play, these, these kids play Grand Theft Auto <laughs> with guns. Call of Duty got guns. Right. A Fortnite got guns. Like, stop. This is America. Guns are as American as... America. America is America. <laughs> you can't you get more American than that. Yeah, you can't you get got. more American than guns. All right. Now, drug tests and background tests are becoming less important. And employers are saying it's because America has a talent crunch. And it's across all age groups. So now some companies are actually reducing hiring requirements, like the background checks, the amount of experience, the amount of education that they want. And they actually have to pay more. And they are asking for less. Because they need more talent. They said a lot of people just haven't been, uh, they haven't been able to fill some of these jobs. A lot of these companies are in a situation where they can't compete on wages. So they're trying to find more creative ways to get talented people to come in and apply for those jobs. So they, I'm so confused. So they're not doing drug tests because they need, the people with talent do drugs? Well, you know that sometimes it's very strict hiring requirements. So mm -hmm. imagine you fill a drug test for whatever reason. You smoked a little weed. You know, now oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that might not matter anymore. They I'm might not you. even do drug testing. But you know, it's, it's crazy. And sometimes you, things pop up in the background check mm -hmm. yeah. that shouldn't prohibit you from getting a job. Especially weed. Weed shouldn't prohibit you in 2019. Especially being that, you know, weed is every goddamn way. A friend of mine owns a staffing company where they actually get people jobs, but they was like, the turnaround rate is so fast because people only work like a week. And then they do something to F it up. They're late. They don't come in. They smell like weed. It was like it's so hard to keep people to keep the, a job because people don't take it seriously. Thank and God also for some radio. people, if you don't have a bachelor's, you know, it used to be if you don't have at least an associate or bachelor's degree or an MBA, sometimes people won't hire you. But now right. a lot of people are dropping those requirements as well. Look, we own a, a brick and mortar store, the Juices for Life store, and mm -hmm. we're always having to uh, deal we with staffing people. issues yeah. and hiring people and all of that. So people end up going back to school. They get another job. Job, mm -hmm. They're late all the time. They fall asleep at work. All Just different like said, kind yeah. of things can happen. It's crazy. You can't even get in the radio no more without uh, being in school. I, I mean, you can't, can't get an internship. internship. That's all. You can get into you know radio. You can. How? I didn't if you can't get never it, did an internship. That's what I'm saying. It's different now. You, we didn't have the internships back in the day when we got in. That's when, that was my whole point because I damn sure wouldn't be here. Yeah, I mean, I never even worked in radio at all before I did this. I, I never just, did an internship. Yeah. I just started off as a mixer, a mixer. You can't even get an internship unless you're in school. So how do you get an entry point in the radio? You can how? work in a different department, like in sales or as a receptionist, and then transition over, as a lot of people have done. Or can you can you, work. Can in, you yeah, still do that? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Oh. I know people have just done that in other markets. Well, if you want a job where you can come in late smelling like weed and not get in trouble for it, radio is the job Stop for you. Stop it. <laughs> that almost got us fired. Stop it. All right. Well, that is your front page news. <laughs> don't listen to him. <laughs> the party don't start until no we walk in. Oh. All right. Well, thank you, Missy. Now, when we come back, we have Congresswoman, uh, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley joining Ayanna us. Ayanna Presley, baby. Mm -hmm. So okay. we'll kick it with her one, when we come back. One four for the squad. All right. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlamagne the God, Angela Yee. We have a very special guest in the building. Uh, she's a member of the House Repping Massachusetts. One-fourth of the squad is here. Ayanna Presley, what's happening? Good morning. So we are very honored to have you with us yes. today. Yes, I think about the squad often. Mm -hmm. I lift y'all up in prayer because I don't think people understand the courage it takes for someone in your position to speak out against the celebrity-in-chief, the president of the United States of America. Where does that courage come from? Well, I'll, first, I just want to say, you know, uh, so what, what did you call him? What the celebrity in chief. The celebrity in chief, yeah. That's, that's appropriate. I call him the occupant because mm -hmm. 
He's just occupying space. The squatter. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's like... <laughs> squatting in pregnancy. You know, we, we went from a president who's saying amazing grace to uh, someone that displays zero of it. He mm. does not embody the integrity, um, the empathy, the compassion. And so I will never uh, refer to him as the president, not because um, I dishonor the office, but because he does. And as far as any courage, you know, I have to tell just the, the whole truth here. I am so uh, grateful for the uh, solidarity and the love and support and the, the prayers and the covering that people have extended to us throughout this journey. And in particular, during those that, that intense three-week period of really targeted um, assaults and hateful you know, rhetoric. But I felt that I was really sitting in a position of privilege, mm. that we could garner that level of support mm -hmm. in the face of the injustices that everyday people are living with. And including in that same week and on that day that Eric Garner's family had been denied justice. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, ultimately this is hateful rhetoric and I would never give short shrift to the danger that hateful rhetoric puts people in. You know, it is why El Paso happened. Mm -hmm. And we know hateful rhetoric also leads to hateful policies. And, um, and those threats are real. But at the end of the day, uh, we were built for this. Mm -hmm. You know, I think... Uh, Representative Ocasio-Cortez and Omar and Tlaib and um, I would argue really any woman and certainly any woman of color what we're doing this is the role that we have played in movement building and ushering in you know social movements throughout history we shake the table we call into question we seek justice we tell the truth we preserve democracy so I think we're just honoring that long tradition and you know for me it's I, directly influenced by the example of my mother. Uh, may she rest in power. So um, I don't know anything else. Mm -hmm. you and know? you also have been getting death threats. So I know that has to be re really tough because you don't know how credible any of it is, where it's coming from. And disappointing to see how people that you might consider, this is the United States. Like, why is there so much hate here? And so all of that, I think, can weigh on somebody. Sure. Too. It takes a toll. But let me just say this. Like, I didn't think... So... I'm new to Congress, but not government, right? So I served on the Boston City Council for eight years, and then I was an aide on the federal level for 16 years. So I'm 45, right? So when all this Boy, first... black really don't crack. <laughs> but when all this first started happening and, you know, folks was claiming me as a millennial, my husband was like, go with it, you know? You see? You see? I'm like a whole grown-ass woman. But, um, you know, but but I, but I received that. But the, the thing is, is that... Um, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't think that my experience as a marginalized person, as a black woman, suddenly changes when you have a comma and an elected title after your name. Mm -hmm. So, and again, I'm not new to this. So I was an aide on the federal level, 16 years, four years in the House to former Congressman Joseph P. Kennedy II, and then 11 years with uh, Senator John Kerry, and then again in the city council for eight. So I've been, you know, on my grind for a long time. Now on the death threat front, let me just, I, I'll just argue that I don't think any leader, if you are really disruptive in the pursuit of progress and justice, um, if you are challenging conventional thought and wisdom, is not going to be subject to death threats. Mm. So to me, uh, in my striving to be a leader and certainly being a black woman, that is just par for the course. It comes with the territory. It's par for the course. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, I serve on the um, Oversight and Reform Committee, and one of the subcommittees I serve on is Civil Rights and Civil Liberties. And, you know, one of the things that I went at the FBI really hard about was this designation they created of black identity extremists. 
Yes. Which to me is just another excuse to uh, profile and survey black folk. Because you could argue that someone affiliated with um, Black Lives Matter is a black identity extremist. And this category was created because of six tragic shootings. So I, again, I want to honor the fact that there were six lives that were lost. But the only common denominator in those six separate tragic shootings is that the perpetrators were all black. Mm -hmm. And this was created. But yet, in greater incidents of domestic terrorism mm -hmm. and white supremacy, such a category was not created. So I say all that to say that, you know, we pose a threat. <laughs> and when you pose a threat and when you make people uncomfortable, you're going to be subject to those kinds of that, uh, threats. But I'm not afraid because, one, I know God's got me. But two, I'm much more concerned about the fear and fragility and the real hurt that everyday people that I represent the Massachusetts 7th, that they're really feeling and experiencing. What are the things that are happening to y'all that we don't see, though? Like, it's got to be things behind the scenes that have happened that you have to say, okay, this is definitely a different time and a different climate. Mm. I don't know. I, I think um, I think the part of this work that people might not get is that it can be very lonely. Mm -hmm. So even when you have sisterhood and when you have community, um, it's very lonely. And I also just want to say that, you know, all of these women, I have incredible respect, admiration, um, and adoration for, you know. Um, we share a unique kinship because we have walked a very unique path. Um, it is a blessing and a burden to be the first anything. Mm -hmm. And so they're very, this dichotomy of joy and pain that mm -hmm. we carry. We did not know each other before we were elected to Congress. I had met Alex once before because both she and I were challenging incumbents. Um, Representative Tlaib and Omar ran in with an open seat, but they are first, you know, um, trailblazing, you know, in their in their own right. But Alex and I uh, challenged 20-year uh, incumbents. So uh, we actually first met here in New York. Mm -hmm. But prior to, other than that, we had had no interaction. And then we came to Washington, D.C. for... Uh, freshman orientation and it's literally it, there's so many things about this experience that I would liken to to college even though I didn't finish mm -hmm. getting my degree but including the freshman 15 it is very uh, <laughs> like college in that way um, but so we were there for new member orientation and they asked to do an interview with the four of us because each of us represented first we did this interview and at the end of the interview um, they said, oh, let's take a picture because they thought it was a really interesting visual contrast that behind us were the paintings of all these white men. Mm. So the four of us took this photo and then, you know, um, Alex said, oh, what should we call it? And she just hashtagged it squad goals, which we all know is a very right. popular hashtag, um, you know, on social media. And it went viral. You know, so I, I know that there are folks that would like to fashion us as some sort of like, we move as a unit, we're joined at the hip, we're some like insurgent gang, you know, <laughs> virus of socialism and radicalism. You got to be careful when this comes okay. They might label you the gang task you know, but, but what was we, the moment that went well, viral? We, it was a moment that, now why did it go viral? Because it was resonant. Mm -hmm. It was deeply resonant because we just visually... Um, Defied, Re represented progress, mm -hmm. and it was and it was just a resonant, you know, thing. And so, um, you know, we are uh, again, we have this kinship, we forge this bond, but we have distinct l voices, lived experiences, uh, different districts, 
Mm-hmm. You know, we're not a monolith. Right. All right, we have more with Congresswoman Ayanna Presley when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Congresswoman Ayanna Presley. Yee. I was going to ask you, sometimes we get really tired of talking about Trump, right? There's so many different mm-hmm. things that he's done, that he said. And so many things that we're seeing the results of, like, I know we've been talking about this um, whole public assistance for immigrants. And if you apply for that, then you can't get your green card or your visa if you have to get, like, Medicaid or um, or uh, food stamps and things mm-hmm. like that. Section 8. Yeah, Section 8. So I wanted to ask you, how do you stop yourself from getting numb about certain situations? Like, we see these p- families being ripped apart. We see kids crying. They can't find their parents. We don't know where there's this young girl's dad is and when that happens and Donald Trump is saying I'm not a racist do we call everything that Donald Trump says and does out or I know people get exhausted like having to hear it because every day is something different on Twitter (laughs) every day is something different in the media so how do you balance like making sure you call those things out but also just sometimes you're like I mean that's just who he is Ayanna just let out a big ass sigh when you you were talking about it yeah yeah (laughs) I mean you know it is fatiguing definitely But I think that he does these things intentionally as a distraction. Yep. This is like a completely corrupt, callous, chaotic administration. Um, And, you know, he wants to distract us from that. Mm -hmm. Um, It is fatiguing. I think we have to continue to call it out. But when it comes to things like public charge, you know, at this point, it's like nothing is surprising. It's par for the course. This is a coordinated strategic attack against immigrants from the immigration status question, from HUD's uh, rule that mixed immigration status families cannot live in public housing. By the way, most people are in mixed immigration status families. You have TPS holders, DACA recipients, asylum seekers in one family. Um, uh, The Muslim ban, Mm -hmm. uh, public charge. um, You know, the cruelty is the point. Right. And, you know, I did go to the border. I urge every member of Congress to go to the border and to bear witness to the trauma that uh, we experienced there and that I observed. But it's also important to remember that we have been here before, right? So this is a shock to our system. Mm -hmm. Children being ripped from the arms of their mothers and families being separated and how dehumanizing and how demoralizing all that is. But we know that separating families is one of the most effective tools of oppression. We saw this with indigenous people on reservations. We saw this at the auction block uh, with, with, uh, during slavery, and we see it now. And so it is fatiguing, it is exhausting, but you know we just have to continue to do the work because people are counting on us. And I will not further embolden a racist and rogue agency. This is why I do believe that you know ICE does need to be uh, abolished and, and defunded. Right. And so we have to be two pronged in our so approach. Like, what can we do as citizens? Are you kidding you me? That, like, you could do it every day on this platform. You educate people. You empower. Look, this is not just the work of Congress. This is the time for the uprising of bold activist leadership from every corner. No one person, no four members of Congress, mm-hmm. can defeat the hate, the draconian and oppressive xenophobic policies coming out of this administration it's every fascism. single day. This is yeah, a fascist I, regime. Absolutely. And so only a movement can really be in affront to that. And this is why throughout my campaign, I said the people closest to the pain should be the closest to the power driving and informing the policy making. This is not work that we do alone. This is work that we do in symbiotic partnership with community. Like my work on gun violence. That work has got to be 
survivor-led, victim-centered, and offender-sensitive right. because of the dichotomy of community-based violence where we're dealing with both uh, the highest incident of both perpetrator and victim and often living next door to one another. That work has got to be done in partnership with community. Otherwise, the solutions are not sustainable and they're not effective. I saw you on Trevor Noah. You said that it's bills that could be passed tomorrow that could save lives when it sure. comes to guns. What, what are some of those bills? I mean, like I said, you know, New Zealand, they had a mass shooting and shortly thereafter they passed the assault weapons ban. We could do that tomorrow. Right. What about um, all the We could do a though? universal background check. Well, we could do a federal gun buyback program. I mean, there's just too many guns. For every 100 people, something. for every 100 people, there are 120 guns. So there are more guns than people. And for as long as you have that many guns, then you have a higher incident of accidental shootings of children at home, uh, a higher incident of suicides, which no one is talking about. Again, I convened the first hearing in the history of uh, the Congressional Oversight and Reform Committee on childhood trauma. And veteran suicide, youth suicide, farmer suicide, this stuff is through the roof. Um, and so you decrease those numbers when people don't have easy access to a gun. So, uh, and the other thing is, again, you know, all of this violence is, um, it, it's interconnected. You know, we also know that domestic uh, uh, terrorists or perpetrators of violence often have the overlay of also being abusive towards women. So the other thing that we could pass is we could close the boyfriend uh, loophole. I remember during the Violence Against Women Act reauthorization debate, my Republican colleagues from across the aisle were screaming, don't support this. They're coming for our guns. It's like, well, if you've abused women, you're right. Yeah, we are coming for your guns. Like, don't make this a violation of the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, are you anti so, I am, there's just too many guns. It, yeah. I, I, there's too many guns. We need and, more gun control. And the access is, you know, there's just too, mm -hmm. and, but the other thing for, in terms of community-based violence, we have got to address straw purchasing and gun trafficking. So, you know, universal background checks, um, a federal ban on assault weapons, these things would immediately and dramatically uh, reduce the number of lives lost to gun violence. But then the other thing is the Center for Disease Control, they need to study the root causes of gun violence. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is a mental health issue. Like, I hear a lot of people say a lot of different reasons why they think there's gun problems in America. I don't think nobody's wrong. I think that you're right. There's too many guns on the street. I think it's mental health issues. I think it's the glorification of violence in America through video games and movies. I think it's sure. all of those things. Well, it's also poverty. I mean, I remember... Poverty, um, yeah. It might have been um, Detroit. I'm not sure... Uh, but there was a, 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 a gun buyback program where they exchanged groceries for your gun. And it was one of the most successful. And I think that right there shows the, the link between, you know, poverty and lack of opportunity and increased uh, violence. But, you know, we also have to be careful in our messaging because I certainly don't want to in any way perpetuate the idea that everyone that is uh, low income or poor is predisposed to violently offend. Everyone battling mental illness is predisposed because that isn't the truth. Mm -hmm. But the Center for Disease Control needs to study this because if they can study influenza, then they should be studying the root causes of gun violence as a public health crisis and epidemic. And again, the issue that I'm really banging the drum, drum on in partnership and in coalition with um, families who've been robbed of loved ones due to gun violence. And please say robbed. We don't lose people. We're robbed of them. Mm -hmm. Um, 
is we have to address the rights of survivors. And that's one of the things that I'm working on is developing a survivor's bill of rights. So you have families that are being robbed of loved ones because of gun violence, and then there's no justice. Right. Um, and so that is something we have to address. And then we need uh, the wraparound supports to support people in their healing. Not only do we need justice for survivors, but healing. Yes. Do you know for every person that we are robbed of of gun violence, a minimum of 20 people are impacted? Absolutely. So you're talking about trauma? Yep. that does not immediately manifest, right? So right now, if there's a mass shooting or something, therapists or there's community-based violence, if you're lucky and have a resources and have social-emotional wellness supports like a school nurse, like a social worker, like a psychotherapist, um, they will have interventions for like the first 72 hours. But a lot of trauma is not immediately presenting. Mm -hmm. So like as an example, they did a survey on asthma because our communities are disproportionately impacted by asthma. And they asked parents, Okay, how bad is your child's asthma on a scale of one to ten? And this was in Roxbury, in my district. And it's and parents said that their child's asthma was like a three or four. But when they were tested, it was nine or ten. Life threatening. You know, you just you don't even realize that uh, you're traumatized and how bad things are or how unhealthy yes. so, so you are to because it is just these things do become normal. Imagine mm -hmm. that your so, child has life threatening asthma and you think it's at a three or four. So that's what we, that's how we treat anxiety. Absolutely, that's how we treat depression. We treat all of those things like they're just normal. Like you're just supposed to feel like that, especially if you grew up in a certain environment. Hi, right, we have more with Congresswoman Ayanna Presley. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with Congresswoman Ayanna Presley. Charlemagne, how can we continue to tell people to vote in 2020 if we know our election is compromised? Like, why aren't people making more of a big deal about the fact that there was Russian interference in our elections? Why isn't that a big issue? Mitch McConnell blocked an election security bill after learning about all this Russian Absolutely. interference. Like, why isn't this a big deal? Yeah, I... I mean, again, I'm grateful for the platform and that you continue to raise this issue. And, you know, the thing that does worry me about educating people about this um, is that we don't want to suppress the vote. You don't want we people to say, I'm not voting it because it doesn't matter. Because but right. are they already suppressing the vote? Yeah. Of course, that happens in many ways. But I'm talking about in our psychology, mm -hmm. you know, incentivizing us to stay home. Um, I think it does the opposite. I think if we let people know that there was Russian interference in the 2016 election, it makes people feel who, who went out and voted that. It oh, emboldens them. Okay. Yeah, it's like oh, I, my I vote did. So. My vote. But but if, if but otherwise, and I'm I'm bummed because I didn't bring Mitch McConnell's phone number in here because I would give it to everybody right now. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Uh, because you're right, you know, we could have passed election protection, and that is something that should be a bipartisan issue. That's fundamental to our democracy. Why is Nancy Pelosi afraid to impeach Donald Trump? I don't know. Uh, you know, you'd have to talk to her about that, but... Uh, Part of it could be if it doesn't work, it might be a terrible blow. I but think some people see it... This is wrong. I think some people... So to me, this is bigger than Donald Trump and, mm -hmm. and the... And where we are right now. This is about preserving the office of the presidency. Yes. So it is not about Donald Trump. This is not some partisan witch hunt. Um, which he's calling it, though. He's it, making it, it seem like it's a witch hunt. Again, you know, he likes to play victim, mm -hmm. so that's, you know, convenient, and that's what he does. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, this is about preserving the office of the presidency. History will judge us by this moment in time. Um, I I know, and, and I you all affirm every day in what you do on this show, that he lost moral authority a long time mm -hmm. ago, but also the Mueller report, you know, did prove obstruction of justice. Mm -hmm. And so there are many grounds, and the majority of uh, our caucus 
are on board. And I do want to give credit where credit is due to the leadership of Representative Al Green and Representative Rashida Tlaib for their resolution to initiate impeachment proceedings. And I was proud to be an early uh, co-sponsor of that resolution. When AOC said that Nancy Pelosi was singling out women of color, did you agree with her? She, I, I don't know if that's really what she said. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, what I'll just say is none of that serves us well. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I think there is this idea that we're sort of this cohort of some insurgent gang that is like this virus. And a lot of that is, unfortunately, in politics, perception becomes the only truth. That is not the truth. Each of us enjoy very productive, great relationships uh, with our colleagues. Each of us are uh, lawmaking. So each of us is on our grind. We are doing the work that our district sent us to do. Even amongst the squad, y- y'all don't always agree, right? Because well, I saw I saw I saw an article that a political wrote, and the headline was "A member of the squad goes rogue." And you guys aren't a monolith, like you said. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, but can I, again, that's different. what I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. That kind of like language. We are not a monolith. We don't land in the same place on every vote. Um, this vote was. The, we, uh, we are each our own people. I know you got to go. I got one last quick question. Okay. And it's from the political article. Oh. Okay. Because they said you're progressive with the squad, but you spend most of your career pushing for change from within the establishment, not shaking it up from the outside. What do you say to that? Again, binary choices and revisionist history. Uh, The Boston City Council is 13 members. Um, I was the first woman of color, first black woman elected to that council, took over 100 years. I represented about 660,000 people. Uh, While I served on that body, six more women, uh, were well, five more women were elected to the Boston City Council who identify as women of color. We completely changed it. Mm -hmm. And they are all truth tellers. They are all table shakers. They are all disruptive. And so I think people think the council's always been this way, but that is just not the truth. Um, You know, so did I work to change things uh, structurally and legislatively from within the system? Yes, because I'm a legislator and I was serving on a governing body. Absolutely. But I did never did this work alone. You know, I'm just a vehicle and a vessel. I did this work in partnership with the people that I represent. Um, and so I, my values uh, have always been progressive. Uh, my approach to actualizing my progressive values has always been one through coalition building. And so, again, this is about people forcing a narrative of binary choices. Are you insider or outsider? Are you privileged or poor? Are you, the, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, are you radical or sane? Like, you know, I'm I, working. I don't. I'm, You're a public I, servant. I, I, you got to serve the needs of I'm, the public. You know, I'm, 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 I'm working. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm working. And I have been for a very, very long time. Well, Ayanna Presley, we are praying for you. I receive and that. I want you to get security. I think every squad has shooters. <laughs> you need some shooters. I'm yeah, just saying. Well, well, listen, you know, keep us keep us prayed up and covered. Can I get those shirts for the crew? Oh, yes. Okay. okay let's get our squad shirts. Yeah. That's so, not the shooter right there? Yeah. That's not the shooter in the corner? That's not the scene. That's he can't the tell team. you if he is or oh. not. <laughs> but we, we can't open the door, I know, because we're like, but, the, but, but okay, but, but, the, but the T-shirts, they just say we are the squad. And, and, and again, this is... Um, there you go. Bring them in. Let's put them on camera. Okay, this is, you know, the reason why we created these shirts is because... And this is my husband. What's up, my, my brother? My black diamond. Now, there you go. See, you got a shooter. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. This is my husband, Conan. And, um, Man, I'm so glad you got a black husband. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I love me some him. But um, so these, these shirts say we are the squad. Let me see. Because anyone doing the work of building a more equitable and just world is a member of the squad. Wow. You know, this is not just about, you know, four members of Congress. 
Never you, ha, never has been, never will be. Where can you get these at? Oh, you can get these online at ayanapressy.com and um, we are the squad. And the All squad right. is big, y'all. Word. Well, thank All you. Right. We appreciate you for coming through. Thank I know you. we've been wanting we to really have you do. for quite some time. Oh, thank you. I so appreciate you so much. This is so important what you do. And just thank you for the voter education that you do every day. Absolutely. And thank you for people like you coming up here and informing our listeners even more. Yeah, my pleasure. It's Ayanna Presley. It's The Breakfast Club. Hey, morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Cardi B. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Cardi B has released a snippet of her interview of Bernie Sanders. Now, she's been wanting to talk to these candidates and ask them questions that affect all of us. She posted, what are your questions? So I know this is long overdue, but here it is. A couple of weeks ago, I asked my followers if you all had the chance to ask a Democratic candidate a question, what would that question be? The topic that was mentioned the most by all of you was about raising minimum wage. I got the chance to ask Bernie Sanders about this, and these are his answers. Keep sending your questions. We will, we will be addressing more of these soon. Body doing exactly what she should be doing. Absolutely. You know, well, here is her question and Bernie Sanders' answer. What are we going to do about wages in America? Right now, we have tens of millions of people who are earning what I consider to be starvation wages. Can you imagine somebody today earning $9 an hour? It don't make no sense. No, it doesn't. And if you have a child, legislation that I've introduced, which was passed in the House recently, the U.S. House, would raise that minimum wage to $15 an hour. And what we also have to do is make it easier for workers to join unions, so they can sit down and engage in collective bargaining and earn a decent living. Body doing exactly what she should be doing, and she's reaching out to the people, asking them what they want to know. She has access to these presidential candidates to ask those questions, so why not? All right, so I'm sure there's going to be more coming soon. I want to show talk to different candidates, too, I'm sure. I'm sure she can. All right, now, Katy Perry, what's going on here? She's being accused of sexual misconduct. And that is by a model and actor, Josh Kloss, who was her love interest in the 2010 Teenage Dream music video. He posted, you know, after I met Katie, we sang a worship song, opened the eyes of my heart. She was cool and kind. When other people were around, she was cold as ice, even called the act of kissing me gross to the entire set while filming. Now, I was pretty embarrassed, but I kept giving my all. He goes on to say that Katie invited him to a strip club in Santa Barbara after the first day of shooting. He said, I declined and told her I have to go back to hotel and rest because this job is all I have right now. So he did see her a couple of times after she broke up with Russell. She said, uh, according to Josh Kloss, he said, the one time I bought a friend who was dying to meet her. It was Johnny Wujek's birthday party at Moonlight Rollaway, and when I saw her, we hugged, and she was still my crush. But as I turned to introduce my friend, she pulled my Adidas sweats and underwear out as far as she could to show a couple of her guy friends and the crowd around us my penis. Can you imagine how pathetic and embarrassed I felt? She pulled them out, so that means people had to gather around and look down. She didn't pull them down. She pulled my Adidas sweats and underwear out as far as so I guess she... Yeah, that means out. So she yeah. pulled them out so people had to go and look Yeah, look inside. Look inside. Yeah. So he, he was... The point of him telling the story... I don't ever want to see you do that action again, right? <laughs> just, I'm just, I like detail. Is uh, he saying that... Uh, I just say this now because our culture is set on proving men of power are perverse, but females with power are just as disgusting. So can he sue? I don't know if he's even trying to sue. No, but can I he? think he just wanted to tell his uh, story about what happened. I don't even think... I mean, sadly, I just don't think nobody cares. Like, I just said that just now, and people laughed. If I said that was about a woman, everybody would have been looking down like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, Charlamagne. So should he sue? I just don't think nobody cares. 
So should he sue? Sue who? I thought people could sue now if, if it's something like that. If it's you sexual sue all the people that gathered around and looked at your penis? No. <laughs> who, who, who pulled the pants back and said, He said Katy Perry. Why can't he sue Katy Perry? Well, he goes on to say that he just doesn't want to protect her BS image, and he shows some correspondence that he had with her team because people were interviewing him about being the lead in mm-hmm. her Teenage Dream video, and they actually wrote back the answers that he had to say in order to respond to these interview questions. Did he say when it happened? Because I heard it was last Friday night. No. Oh. He said, um, the fear <laughs> sticks with you when you are sensitive to protect yeah. someone else's image, but in return, treat it like a prostitute and exposed in front of a group of her friends and other random people. Then you are shocked and you block it out because you watch the face of children being uplifted by positive music that she sang. And he explains what happened. All this is because it was the anniversary of that song, so... Uh, he just, I guess, felt like getting this off of his chest. In the meantime, a lot of people were flagging his post on Instagram. So uh, Instagram flagging sent him how? a warning that his account might be deleted. See what I'm saying? A lot of her fans. Man can't even tell his story. Nope. Lord have mercy. So that's what's happening. All right. ASAP Rocky, his assault trial verdict is expected to be announced. And he doesn't have to be there, of course. This is in Sweden. But... You know, I don't know what's going to happen. We, they're asking for a six-month jail sentence for ASAP Rocky. They're saying he used excessive force during his fight with Jafari. So perhaps he'll get that. Perhaps. If I'm ASAP Rocky, I'm innocent regardless. I ain't never going back. Even if they said guilty, I'm going to go back. F no. Well, he's already said he's not going back <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go back regardless. It doesn't even matter at this point. I'm not going back. How All right, that? Jay-Z and Rock Nation have partnered with the NFL. They're doing a music and social justice campaign. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, Rock Nation and the NFL, and what's going to happen is they're going to work together on the league's Inspire Change activism campaign. He's also going to work on the Super Bowl halftime show. He's a consultant. Uh, so there you have it. Some people are speculating that Beyonce is going to perform for the third time at halftime, but who knows? Uh, on the face, I don't see the problem with this because if you want to change something, sometimes the best change comes from within. But I think the biggest issue people have and question people have is they want to know how could Hove partner with a league on social justice when the man who brought it to the attention of the masses by peacefully protesting against social injustice, Colin Kaepernick, is still denied a job by those exact same people. Like the NFL really can't have social justice until they fix that, right? I'm sure he probably had a conversation, right, with Colin Kaepernick behind the scenes before um, making this announcement. I would think. But that still that still doesn't nullify the point that you know Colin Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. Well, maybe he's feeling like the way to make change is within. I I just said that, and I agree so, with that. I mean, but I'm just saying, saying it's then? hard for the it's I think it's hard for people to look at this situation and say, hey, it's a social justice initiative when Colin Kaepernick still does not have a job. He's the person who peacefully protested against social injustice. So the NFL really can't have social justice until they fix that. When they fix that, then they can move on to doing, you know, deals with guys like Hope. So nobody's going to be mad anymore that people are watching NFL because last year everybody banned the NFL, right? Who's, 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 everybody oh, didn't do that. A lot of people so banned the NFL. If, so if Colin Kaepernick got a job, then everything This wouldn't be an issue at all. Nobody, nobody would have any problems at all. They would. They would not. They actually. Be, I mean, I applaud the move because I think that you can make you can make change from within, and you should attempt to make change from within. But if Colin had a job, nobody would have any issue with this whatsoever. All right, I mean, because sometimes, but not even sometimes. Most of the time, we like symbols of change more than actual change, which uh, is wild to me. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Sheik. Charlemagne, donkey, who are you giving it to? You know, I think that you should always be yourself, especially in the bedroom. And I hate to go back to Florida today, but we need to go to Florida. 
All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Make sure you tell them to watch out for Florida, man. Florida, man. Florida. The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. Yes, you are a donkey. A Florida man attacked an ATM for a very strange reason. It gave him too much money. Florida man is arrested after deputies say he rigged the door to his home in an attempt to electrocute his pregnant wife. Police arrested an Orlando man for attacking a flamingo. With the breakfast club, bitches. Donkey of the day. With Charlemagne the God. Uh, I don't know why y'all keep letting him get y'all like I don't, I, I don't even mean to do this. Donkey of the day for Friday, August 14th, goes to a young woman named Ashley Edwards and her boyfriend, Kenneth Atkins. God bless Ashley Edwards. She's from Tampa, Florida. And you know what your Uncle Charlotte always says about Florida? The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. And this is just another story that solidifies that once again. Uh, now I'm letting you know right now that we are playing a game of Guess What Race It Is! We don't need the music yet. You know, I just want people to listen to the details of this situation. All right, let me listen. Uh, you know, to get your clues. All right, everybody at home, play along. Now, police were called to the home of Kenneth Atkins and Ashley Edwards to find the interracial couple engaged in a verbal argument over refusal to role play. I repeat, this interracial couple engaged in a verbal argument over refusal to role play. Now let's unpack this, as my therapist says. Uh, first clue, and guess what race it is? We have an interracial couple, all right? Write that down. Now, Ashley, the girlfriend, stated she wanted to play slave and slaver. Kenneth, the boyfriend, did not wish to partake and became verbally aggressive. Uh, I don't know how the conversation went, but I'm sure it was something to the effect of, who the hell are you playing with? You think slavery a joke, ho? Go play slave and slave it with your mama, ho. Well, as tensions escalated, Kenneth, the boyfriend, spit in Ashley's face. I don't condone spitting in anyone's face. I can't think of anything more disrespectful than that. Now, I am a stern believer that when you do something to someone, you can't tell them how to react. But when you spit in someone's face, that rule is reinforced by a million. Okay, I don't care what it is. When you spit in someone's face, there is no such thing as going too far when it comes to that person retaliating. Okay, I was watching a great documentary last night called King in the Wilderness about the last 18 months of MLK Jr.'s life. And there's a part in the doc where a white woman runs up to MLK Jr. and spits in his face repeatedly. And MLK Jr. replied, now you are much too pretty to be acting like that. In that moment, I said to myself, Lord, have mercy. Jesus Christ returned, and we didn't even recognize it. MLK Jr. had more patience than Job, because in that moment, when she spit in his face, I wanted all the nonviolence to go out the window, and I wanted the ladies of the civil rights movement to knock that white woman to the ground and march all over her in those ballet flat church shoes. But enough of the civil rights talk. Let's get back to slavery. Ashley, Edward, and Kenneth Atkins, interracial couple. Do you have your clue? Ashley, the girlfriend, wanted to play slave and Slaver and Kenneth Atkins, the boyfriend, cursed her out and spit in her face because of that request. Uh, before we give out these hee-haws, let's play a game of Guess What Race It Is! All right. Mm. <sighs> now, you got your clues. Mm -hmm. Right, Envy? Yes. Right, you? Yes. Ashley Edwards, Kenneth Atkins, interracial couple, Florida. Ashley, the girlfriend, wanted to play Slave and Slaver. Kenneth Atkins, the boyfriend, Cursed her out and spit in her face. Angela Yee, guess what race it is? I would say Ashley is a white woman. Mm. Okay. And Kenneth is a black man. Okay. It only damn, makes sense. Damn, damn. All right. Uh, not a bad guess. DJ Envy. 
Yeah, I thought this was going to be a little more difficult. You had me writing things down here. Okay. You wrote things down? Yeah, because you got you to gotta write down the clues. What'd you, you write? Know? I wrote Ashley White. That's the clue. <laughs> and Kenneth Black. Damn, damn, that, damn. I thought it was going to be a curveball somewhere or yeah. something. Maybe there is. You nope. don't know the answer. Okay, let's, let's, let's listen. Yeah, well, I'll tell both you niggas you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> Ashley Edwards is a black woman, a queen. Damn, damn, <laughs> and Kenneth Atkins is a white man. <laughs> now, let me tell you something. Put the picture up there. You see the picture up on uh, Revolt right there? Look on Revolt TV. Let me tell you something. Ashley Edwards is getting donkey today because why the hell would you be making a mockery of something like slavery, okay? Slavery is not something to role play because if you were actually role playing slavery, you would be getting raped by your master. And I don't think it's cute that a sister would request that of her white boyfriend. Now, Kenneth Atkins, I commend you for not involving yourself in this Uncle Tom foolery. But you have to share in this donkey for spitting on a black woman. I just told you I watched King in the Wilderness documentary last night. And I'm triggered because all I saw was white men hawk spitting on Martin Luther King Jr. And the brothers and the sisters in the civil rights movement as they were marching. So I'm not feeling that. If I see a white man spitting on a black woman, no matter the context, we're going to beat your ass. Okay? Because you may not have role-played slave and slaver with her. But when you as a white man been on a black woman, you damn sure could be role-playing in a civil rights protest. So, uh, please let Remy Ma give Ashley Edwards and Kenneth Atkins the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw! Hee-haw! You stupid motherfucker! You dumb. Now, I'm not gonna name names, but I had a guest on lip service, and he said that he would be turned on if a white woman wanted to pretend to be a slave master, and he would enjoy it. Tell us who it is. It was on lip service. It's out. I don't want to put him out there at this moment. You got a whole podcast out there. You got a whole podcast out there. You got to go back and listen and figure it out. People are going to start texting us and hitting us on on Twitter and and social media. Come on, you tell us who it was. It's a blind item. Stop that Uncle Tom foolery. All right, and breaking news, ASAP Rocky has been found guilty, by the way. In the Swedish assault case. Yes, he has. And and like I said, there's no possible way he would be going back. Well, he's been given a a suspended sentence, no jail time, and he has to pay a fine to the victim. See, I like how you set that up, you. Yeah, that was good. Made everybody think he was going to have to take his ass back. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say that. I just said that he got bound guilty. That was a good setup. That was a good setup. You got me. Good setup. Yeah, good job, I knew it had to be a twist somewhere. That's right. why I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Now, when we come back, ask ye. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye right now. Again, the number's 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? It's Dave. Dave, what's up? What's your question for you, bro? Hey, uh, so let's how. So I'm white, and my wife's black, um, and my grandparents don't treat my kids the same as they treated me when I was a kid. Like, I can see a difference, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to approach them and say, like, look, I can see how y'all are acting, and I don't really know how to explain it to them. Okay, so I'm going to say this was my life because my mom is black, my dad's Chinese, and my grandparents definitely weren't feeling me and my brother because we're mixed. And that was something that I did notice myself. Do you think your children noticed that? Because they don't know how your grandparents, his, their grandparents treated you. Right, right. So not really, but I can tell, obviously. Right. So it might not even, it's just little subtle, is it little subtle things? Yeah, like, I don't know, they just act weird. Like, I just, it's not the same vibe. Like, they don't feel like grandma and grandpa. Well, maybe you should just have a conversation with them. And I would also have that conversation with my children and just say, hey, how do you feel about grandma and grandpa? Just to kind of see if there's if they are getting any type of weird vibe, because I think that's one of the main things to make sure that your kids feel loved by their grandparents. 
you know, but it might be something that even they don't notice or maybe it's something that you're making too, you're maybe too paranoid about. So that's why you got to have that conversation with them and just ask them, do you, you know, ask them about those questions that are hard to ask about race. And do you feel upset that I, my grandchildren, that your grandchildren are mixed? Do you have any issues with that? I've noticed that you've done this and you should get really specific examples it can't just be a general feeling like, you know, this happened on this day or when you did this, I felt a little weird about it. And just let them know and point it out. And hopefully they'll change their behavior. If there is something weird, maybe they don't even think they're acting strange. Right. Okay. Well, appreciate it, Yee. No problem. All right, y'all. All right, bro. Have a good one. I ask ye, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hey, man, what's up, man? What's your question for you, bro? So this is my situation. Um, I was in a um, marriage, right? Me and my wife been married now about a year. So we got in a situation where um, um, the relationship got physical. We had a physical altercation in our relationship. And um, basically, her family won't forgive me for that. Me and her, we had our issues. We know what we went through. We know why the things happened, and they happened, and we still want to work on it. But her family really doesn't approve of it because of me putting my hands on her. Well, of course so not. Her, her family, out, like, yeah. I'm trying to figure out, like, how could we possibly work around that? Well, her family is very protective of her, so of course they should feel that way. And so you shouldn't look at that as something detrimental. Of course they should feel like you put your hands on our family member, on a woman, and they should definitely side-eye you for that. So first you have to understand they're very valid in their reason for looking at you in the way that they are, and that's a punishment that you have to take. And I totally, I totally understand that, you know what I'm saying, uh, it got physical. But I wanted you to understand this for over the years, right? Me and her both been back and forth. We both had put our hands on each other. Right. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like, I know it ain't right for nobody to do it, but it's like, if I were to do something wrong, you know what I'm saying? She go through my phone and she see something in my phone. She don't be through my phone and she attack me because of things that she's seen in my phone when she put her hands on me plenty of times. Right. So this time it was the other way around. I seen something in her phone, so I put my hands on her because of that. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it really got out of hand only because she had bruises and scars in the situation in her wow. mind. Wow. So that really, really what pushed it, you know? Yeah, and you bruised and scarred your woman up, and that that should make you feel terrible. And I just I want to say a couple of things. First of all, it's never right for a woman to put her hands on a man either. And I tell people that all the time. Women shouldn't be putting their hands... Nobody should be putting their hands on each other. I think that, as you said, what happened was worse because you ended up really physically harming her. And you could have ended up in jail for that. And things could have gotten even worse. You could have permanently damaged her. You could have... you know. And, and one thing my boyfriend would tell me is that... Anytime, and his mom has always told him this, if you feel like you have to put your hands on a woman, that's you need to walk away. That's not the right woman for you. But you said this is the one time that it happened. She wants to forgive you for it, and I can't tell a woman what to do. But I suggest that you guys have got to get real help. And that means that y'all have to go to therapy. You have to figure out why you reacted the way you reacted. She has to figure out how to keep her hands to herself as well. But there really is never an excuse for you to basically beat your woman up, and that's what you did. Yeah, it really ain't good. Can I tell you what happened, though, or what, why I did it? You went through her phone and saw something. 
Yeah, well, basically, well, when I saw, let me tell you what I saw, though. I went through her phone, right, and I saw that she was actually having an affair with my son's football coach. Listen, I feel you. And there's, but there's still no matter, it don't matter what you saw, there's no justification. I see, I see. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But at a, at a time like that, when you see that, you were slapped. You still trying to justify it. I know, but look, okay, can I call to Envy? Envy, you listening? Or Charlamagne? Yeah, I'm listening. I don't agree with you, yeah, my brother. I look, I look, I'm going to ask you, Envy, if you went to your wife's phone right now and you seen that she was texting and having an affair with somebody that was close to y'all and you had a little lick in your system, your very first reaction, what's going to be your very first reaction? To lead a damn house. Yeah, to lead a damn house. Yeah, you can't move off emotion in a situation like that. You got to move off strategy. Number one, number one, because you shouldn't hit a woman, and number two, because you just got too much to lose, brother. That's right. And if and I had I'm, lick in my system, I'd probably cry. Like, and I'm concerned. You know, we know it, <laughs> In the fetal position. <laughs> in the fetal position. But I, what I am concerned about is that you are still trying to get people to back you up for your actions. You have And up, you man. cannot justify your actions. You cannot put your hands, you can't appeal to the men in the room and think that they're going to be like, yeah, I hit it all. too. I can understand why you did that. There's no explanation. There's no way that you are in the right in this situation. I feel you. You were hurt. But that doesn't mean that you're supposed to physically harm your woman. Now, I will say, I can understand why he did it. I don't agree, though. I can understand the emotion yeah. and the alcohol, but I don't agree with you. Yeah, you can't justify it. You can't say, well, this is why I did it. So all good. So you cannot ever do something like that again. And you have to own the fact that you were wrong in your reaction. Now, was she wrong? Dead wrong. You could have left her. You could have said, I'm never going to be with you again. You could have cut off whatever, you know, support you give her or she gives you, whatever it is. But you physically putting your hands on her is never the solution. You're right. I, I, I know I was wrong, but I really regret it right now because, like I said, we separated. I done moved out. And, you know what I'm saying, I'm, I'm away from my kids and family. It's, it's hard now because, like I said, her family had a whole lot of respect for me before yeah, you bruised her up. You know how crazy that looks? What you need to do is get yourself into some therapy and show her that you're serious about rehabbing yourself and take that time apart to work on you. I'm, I'm doing that. I don't feel like nothing wrong with me. I just had a bad situation at one time. I'm not a Stop. Guy. Listen, there is something wrong. You shouldn't have reacted that way. And you got to acknowledge that. If you did it once, you'll do it again. So it's something wrong with me because of a one, one mistake. Everybody makes a mistake. I feel like I had to go get therapy. Yeah, everybody that. everybody does make mistakes, but the problem is, is first of all, you're using liquor when you're upset, and that's that's the worst thing to do. You're upset, you're mad, you, you, you're you using liquor to, to take away the pain, and you wind up being abusive. And yes, you have a problem, and you need to deal with that problem. You don't want to make sure that happens again. And then the next time you're saying, yeah, I made two mistakes. You just want to make sure uh, that you clean yourself. How old are you, sir? He sounds older. Yeah, I made I made that mistake when I was 17 years old, you know, putting my hands on a woman, you know, for for the same situation, but you know, I was I was I had low emotional intelligence then. I was immature, I was insecure, I had low self-esteem, like my ego was bruised. But at 33 years old, nah, I wouldn't make that mistake. I if you're serious, go get some help for yourself and acknowledge that you're wrong cuz I don't think you really truly grasped it. Okay, I I I can accept that. I can accept that. All right. I wish you the best. All right, I appreciate that. All righty. Well, ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, you can hit Yee now. Now we got rumors on the way. You know it. We're going to talk about our Brooklyn Nets. How does Steph Curry respond to Kevin Durant deciding that he was going to leave the Warriors? All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just.
Breaking news earlier, but ASAP Rocky has been found guilty of assaulting a man in Sweden. Now he is not going to have to serve any jail time. Another issue they were trying to figure out was it self defense? And did he actually hit this uh, man with a bottle and cut him? But they couldn't get a single witness who saw that bottle fly during the incident. And ASAP Rocky said he was holding a bottle for protection but put it down and it never made contact with the guy. No one actually saw that bottle, so ASAP Rocky hit him with it. So that's what it was. They could not prove the bottle was used to hit the victim. So they said there's no more time served and he won't have to do community service, but he does have to pay restitution to the victim and cover the court expenses in Sweden. We don't know how much that is Okay. All right. Let's talk about another lawsuit. Don Lemon from CNN has been sued. Allegedly, they are saying that he assaulted a man at a bar in the Hamptons. A bartender said that Don Lemon, after he recognized Don Lemon at, at a location... He offered to buy him a drink. This was back in July of 2018. Now, Don Lemon declined the offer, but then he approached him and allegedly assaulted the you, bartender. You didn't, you didn't say what kind of drink it was. It was, it was it's a, a lemon drop. Yeah, and that's true. That really happened. You can't even, write, you can't even make this kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a true story. All right. Really now, is. according to the person who is now uh, accusing Don Lemon of you assaulting him. You say this is a true him, story? Dustin Heiss. No, I said that the guys. Never mind. The guy. The two stories. The guy is claiming that I know, it was but a lemon I just drop. To clear Offered it up. him a lemon okay. drop. Yes. All right. According to this person, Dustin Heiss, he said Don Lemon then placed his hands down his pants and vigorously rubbed his genitalia. Let me look up vigorously. His what fingers that under his nose like and viciously. then proceeded to ask him, "Do you like vagina or penis?" But not in those words. So he rubbed his hands on his testicles and put it on the guy's Allegedly. nose. Allegedly. Allegedly. Now, according to. The person who was accusing the plaintiff, he said Mr. Lemon was wearing a pair of shorts, sandals, and a T-shirt. And then uh, also put his index and middle finger into his mustache under his nose. So, Whoa. I don't know. Now, CNN, a CNN spokesperson is speaking on behalf of Don Lemon and saying that Don Lemon categorically denies the allegations. And says that the person who's accusing him, Dustin Heist, does not like CNN and has displayed a pattern of contempt for CNN on his social media accounts, and that's why this claim is being filed. A rough week for CNN anchors. You saw, you know, Chris Cuomo, Cuomo get a, get approached, and you know this is happening to Don Lemon, and you just never know. People really may be upset, you know, that they're on the a, a left leaning network talking about what's going on the right in a negative way. So some of this stuff could be plants, people. I'm could just be. saying, they could be being they could be targeted right now. Okay, and let's discuss Steph Curry. He's talking about Kevin Durant's decision to leave the Warriors and join our Brooklyn Nets. Now, here is what Steph Curry had to say about their relationship and how they both actually won uh, those rings together. Him going to Brooklyn is you know, just trying to make sure he's, he's happy and, and going to a place where he feels like he needs to be. And at the end of the day, you can't, you got to be happy about that for him. Uh, that's what every player in this league wants to be in a situation where they can decide where they want to play. All right, so there you have it. Very mature. I'm sure they'll still be cool. He respects that. Speaking of basketball, Lamar Odom, he's talking about uh, having a new woman, Sabrina Parr, and he was on Dis Nation and he was discussing. What makes his new girlfriend different? So what makes this relationship different from previous relationships? Um, is the truth. She's black. And a black woman come along and ain't playing that. <laughs> oh, no, I was not playing at all. <laughs> no, she keep it real. 
Now, Sabrina Parr also talks about what she had to do in order to be okay to be in a relationship with Lamar Odom. You have to meet people where they are. He was never in a position to be someone's husband. You know, he was sick. He needed to heal. He needed to grieve. He experienced a lot of losses, and he never had time to go through that. So I knew with my resources and my personality and my attitude, I could help him. You know, and initially, a woman is a helpmate. If mm -hmm. I'm not helping him, then I'm hurting him. You mm -hmm. know, like, heal your mind and your heart first, and then let's see what you can become. Mm. All okay. right. Well, sounds like he's in a happy relationship now. Yep. And let's discuss. Imagine you've been working in the adult film industry, making all these movies in the course of three months, and all you made was $12,000. Well, Mia Khalifa, who's a porn star, said that's how much she made when she was doing all these top-rated porns. Apparently, they said she's still, like, number two on the most searched for when it comes to porn. She said, people think I'm racking in millions from porn. Completely untrue. I made a total of around $12,000 in the industry and never saw a penny again after that. Difficulty finding That's a crazy. normal job after quitting porn was scary. First of all, I've never watched any of those pornos and said to myself, wow, they look like a millionaire. <laughs> never. I've never thought that in my life. I thought I never, they would get I, more than $12,000, though. I've never thought in porn stars make a lot of money. Not more than $12,000 no, for doing ever. all them porns? No. You ever seen Mr. Marcus Timms? No. Mr. Marcus Tim's so worn down sometimes. Well, I'll say this. I'm not. Never mind. <laughs> People also think that when you're a really popular porn star, mm -hmm. then you would have made at least hundreds of thousands of dollars. People assume that because Why? she's a very because she's a really popular. They said she's star. the number two most searched. Most searched. Yeah, Brian, Brian, even now. Brian Pumper jewelry is fake. Mr. Marcus been wearing the same hat for years. I also never think that men make the same amount that women make when it comes to porn. And nobody's searching them. Nobody's searching, searching them, dude. Like, nobody's searching them. Like, these women or this lady is, is searched crazy, since when, she do, said. since when do searches equate the, the dollars? That means people want to see you more. So That don't mean you're getting paid just because people search you. What are you talking about? That, that, means, that means your popularity is high, yes, and you would assume that you would get paid more money. That don't translate to dollars. We know this in this social media era. Just because Listen, we interviewed Lisa Ann on Lip Service, and she actually is a millionaire from doing porn. I don't know who that is. Uh, she's a really popular porn star. She, she, she also has her own radio show as well, and she talks about sports a lot. But did but she make that money? Part of it, exactly. Did she make the million dollars from porn? Yeah, because part of it is having your own production company, mm. and that's how you end up making more money because you produce your own films. And she talks about that because a lot of porn stars, and you get paid depending on what you do. Like you might get paid more for a certain acts. It's, and they put it in your contract. They like. say they usually get between two thousand and ten thousand per scene, depending on experience or uh, how popular that person is. Right. So of course you get paid more if you're more popular. And because she was so popular, you would think she'd have made more than twelve thousand. You would think she'd get more than that for one movie. And the men only make five hundred to fifteen hundred. I told you, men scene. make way less. Well, that's why Brian Bumper Jewelry fake. His name is Pumper, not I don't Bumper. Oh man, whatever. <laughs> All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, shout to Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Get your requested. Let's go. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, shout to Congresswoman Ayanna Presley for joining us this morning. Yeah, that was that was a great conversation. Um, salute to the whole squad. The beautiful thing about Ayanna Presley is the fact that she got a black husband. Because, you know, I really be worrying about them. Like, I worry about, like, outspoken women, like, you know, the, the squad members like AOC and Ayanna Presley and Tlaib and Omar and Angela Rye. Like, I always want, worry about them, and I want them to have, like, people around them that can hold them down in a real way. So it's good to see that she got a 
A real nigga is a husband, basically. Okay. Yes. All right, well, shout to her. Straight, out of, the street, straight out of the streets of Roxbury. You can see the full interview uh, on the YouTube page, The Breakfast Club. All right? Now, when we come back, positive note, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, you guys have a great day today. Yes, and I just want to tell everybody uh, in South Carolina, man, uh, please keep in mind this Saturday I'll be doing my annual backpack giveaway at the Monks Corner Recreation Complex, 418 East Main Street in Monks Corner, South Carolina from 12 to 4. We got uh, backpacks provided by Sprayground and some other people. We got school supplies we're giving away, and we're having a big-ass fish fry. DJ Nyla Simone is providing the soundtrack. So uh, this Saturday, 12 to 4 p.m. in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. Pull up on me, low country, okay? All right. Well, you leave us on a positive note. The positive note is simply this, man. Please, go. It's this documentary. I'm telling you, man. I watched this documentary last night. It's called King in the Wilderness. It, it, it shows the last 18 months of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s life. It is very, very, very powerful. And it's a quote that I want to say from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Breakfast Club, bitches! Are y'all finished or y'all done?